0: Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another episode of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. I am Charlie Gross. I am your host. We are part of the Built in Buffalo Podcasting Network. Let's get right into it. The Buffalo Bills have been defeated this week by the Tennessee Titans. A heartbreaking loss, a frustrating loss kind of a weird game. The game started off pretty good for the Bills. Things were moving along pretty nicely and then a lot of the sloppiness started to happen uh you know, I think offensively things were going pretty good in the beginning. The Bills first four drives were I don't want to necessarily say excellent, but pretty good. You end up with a field goal, a punt, a field goal, a touchdown, certainly left some some meat on the bone when it comes to uh you know not getting touchdowns, which contributed to what happened in the game later, obviously, of course, the Titans' first four drives were punt punt interception and touchdown, so certainly the bills did better than the Titans, but one thing I think I noticed about Josh Allen in particular. He's le—he's leaving clean pockets quicker. And I think the Titans did a good job of forcing him to to not roll to his right where he's very comfortable. And this speaks to me to a bigger issue, and that is the offensive line. Last year, I thought the offensive line was above average, I guess I'll say, for the most part. This year, I think they've been average, and I know a lot of people were hoping that these, the continuity would be beneficial and a lot was made of the fact that the preferred starting line, uh, that of Dion Dawkins, You know, Feliciano, Morris, Ford, Williams hadn't played together. So we were hoping that having the same people on the team, putting them together on the field, was going to be beneficial. It hasn't been. They've already abandoned that offensive line pretty heavily. Uh, You know, obviously you guys know that they moved Darrell Williams inside. They moved Spencer Brown out to tackle. And I think that they did this before they wanted to. You can't tell me that the Buffalo Bills plan through the whole offseason was to get Spencer Brown, a guy who played tight end in high school, didn't play football at all last year, and only had two seasons' worth of college at a, you know, not necessarily a division 1 power 5 type environment that they wanted that guy to be the right tackle you know week 4 of his rookie year there's no way that could have been the plan however they were forced into that plan which is he's learning on the job same thing with Rousseau i think Rousseau played so well in the preseason that You had to put them on the field. But there's going to be learning curves. There's going to be bad plays. There's going to be a lot of learning on the job. And Spencer Brown and Greg Rousseau got a lot of learning on the job yesterday. (laughs) Is that a bad thing, a good thing? Well, for their future, it's a good thing. For that game, it was not a good thing. So... I say all that to say that one of the biggest issues is still the interior offensive line. That The interior offensive line has not been fixed. John Feliciano is still a below-average player. Cody Ford is certainly trending towards being a bust. Darrell Williams is an average, maybe above-average right guard. But he's only under contract, I believe, for one or two more years, and he's supposed to be your starting right tackle. And Deion Dawkins has not played fantastically well this season. Forever, your best offensive lineman is Mitch Morris, and that's a guy that the Bills didn't even—they—they they were thinking about cutting last year. So, the Bills have major offensive line issues. And that's contributing to Josh Allen's issues in the pocket. And once again, not sharp. I don't want to say not sharp, but not making always the best decisions. Not all the throws were great. And they're leaving too much meat on the bone. Again, leaving too much meat on the bone. Same thing with the defense. The defense played fantastic in the beginning of the game. Then they lost contain on a couple plays by Jerry Hughes and and Greg Rousseau, and suddenly they aren't playing that well anymore. So that's another issue. Like I said, Rousseau's learning on the job. He miscontained, but Jerry Hughes isn't learning on the job. He shouldn't miscontain. And the pass rush was non-existent. So what do we do with this? How good have Addison and Hughes really been? You know, that was a selling point for me, was they're going to be able to be rested, not have to play so many more snaps, so that they can be a little fresher on passing downs. Well, that doesn't matter if you're not good, and I'm, you know, really addressing that towards Mario Addison. Not that he's not good, he's, he's got a lot of sacks in the league, but for whatever reason, you know, maybe he doesn't exactly have it anymore. And Jerry Hughes, I think, is still the the bill's best pass rusher on the team, but they didn't even affect Ryan Tannehill and you've gotta do better than that. you can't let that guy just sit back there you know you've gotta make him uncomfortable. he's not a top eight nine ten quarterback in the league. You've gotta affect him, and the Buffalo Bills weren't able to do that. I will say. The one player, and not the one player, a lot of players on the defense played well. But the one guy, I think, who is really answering all the questions and a lot of the nitpicking that we like to do, I think, as content creators in the offseason was Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds is playing, I would say, Somewhere in the neighborhood of an all-pro level right now. He is reading and reactive instinctively. He is being physical. He is making plays. He is being the leader of this defense. And quite frankly, he's going to get himself near a $20 million a year contract. No doubt about it in my mind. Like, he was the best defensive player on the field against the Tennessee Titans. He manhandled Derrick Henry on multiple occasions. Multiple occasions. Matt Milano, on the other hand, looked like trash. Then they should have arrested him. They did fine with A.J. Klein. It, It made no sense to bring Matt Milano back this week. The Titans have nobody at tight end. They've got two good receivers. They've got a great running back. And Matt Milano is a six foot, 220, you know, safety slash linebacker who has a hurt hamstring or a quad or whatever it is. Why are you bringing that guy back? Give him more rest. Rest him against the Titans. Then he'll get the bye week. And I know what you're saying is, well, that's not the reason that they lost. No, not necessarily. But you've got A.J. Klein, who's better against the run than Matt Milano is anyway. So just rest him. Just play A.J. Klein. What's wrong with that? I didn't understand that decision anyway. Matt Milano looked terrible. I don't understand that at all. I'll tell you who else looked fantastic. Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. They all look good. They all had the type of days you'd expect from that caliber of a wide receiver, which is, you know, obviously some of it's predicated on how often they get thrown the football, but they all look good. Dawson Knox looked good. Hopefully his broke, the broken bone in his hand isn't too serious. But Dawson Knox was able to move up the Bills uh, franchise leaders receiving yards list a little bit yesterday. So congratulations to him on that. I'm sure he doesn't really care. Or at least he'd say he doesn't care because you know, winning games is more important than the stats. But nonetheless, congratulations to Dawson Knox. Some of the things that I did not like. We got to talk about these penalties on Andre Smith. Two penalties, man. Two penalties, one which wiped out a kickoff return for a touchdown. There's no reason for these penalties. I actually I we all, we all did, not just me. Anyone who watched that game watched him like commit a penalty. And as he was doing it, he know he sh- he knew he didn't have to do it, and he knew he shouldn't have do it. And I saw all that in his body language as he's committing that penalty. And I just, like, come on, man. Come on, man. You can't do that. Can't do that. So there's, I know there's a lot of podcasts that are going to break down – All these things in very great detail. So I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. And I'm going to talk about the thing that. Of course. Which is no surprise at all. Which is the thing that. I ended up fighting with people about on, on Twitter today of course. Because what would a Buffalo Bills game week be without a Twitter altercation. It is my belief that. Kicking the field goal was the right call, and going for it there was the wrong call. It just didn't make sense to me. And I know I've seen the graphic that you're all thinking about right now. I saw it. I saw it like 400 times today. And I still don't care. Kick the field goal. Go into overtime. You don't know what's going to happen. We can't predict the future. And yes, is it possible that Tyler Bass slips and falls? Sure. Is it possible that the kick is blocked? Yes. Is it possible that there's a bad snap? Yes. Is it possible that the field goal is wide? Yes. But if you add up the likelihood of all those possibilities, to me... They're very—it's a very small percentage number. Very small. And you know, Coach McDermott talked about, well, I believe in my players, and I want to give my players the opportunity, the, the chance to win the game. Okay. Well, if you kick a field goal, you go to overtime, and you get a chance to to like reset. You get a little bit of a breather there's a new coin toss all kinds of stuff like that and people are saying oh well josh allen is you know nine out of ten or eight out of ten or nine out of eleven so i don't know who made that decision i'm assuming it's josh allen Running behind John Feliciano, who's the worst offensive starting offensive lineman on the team right now, probably, and Deion Dawkins got blown up. And I know you're saying to yourself, "Well, that plays worked like 29 times." Okay, so they they were due then statistically for it to not work. And the offensive lineman blocking and not getting blown up is part of that that component. Josh Allen isn't doing the blocking. On all those successful conversions, Josh Allen wasn't doing the blocking. He needed a good blocking. Did the blocking fail him? Yes. But even if he gets the first down, there's no guarantee they score a touchdown. There's so many people who are just like, oh, well, they win the game. Why? If he gets that, they're still a yard short, theoretically speaking. There wasn't a guarantee he was going to get in the end zone now. They could have got the first down without him getting the end zone. What happens if they get the first down? And then they end up kicking a field goal anyway. They only had 22, 21 seconds. So why not just kick the field goal? Give your team a chance to win it in overtime. Would they have won it? I don't know. Would that field goal have been blocked? I don't know. Would Tyler Bass fallen down? I don't know. All I know is that Josh Allen didn't convert the fourth and one. That's all I know. And I don't like choosing the solution, the, choosing the option that has the absolutes tied to it in that situation. Here's what happens with a field goal. You either miss it, or you make it. And if you make it, the game continues. So that's not really an absolute. Nothing has ended right there. Like, it's a continuation. (laughs) On a quarterback sneak, you're either not going to make it and the game's going to be over, or... You're going to make it and get a first down, or you're going to make it and you're going to score a touchdown from that spot. So using the quarterback sneak on fourth and one, there's an absolute ending pretty much. I'm an analytics guy, and I'm telling you that analytics are a guide. You don't have to follow them exactly every step of the way in every situation ever. And I know people don't like hypotheticals, but what happens if they lose the Super Bowl that way? How would you feel about it then? Would you feel the same way? Because it's easy to say, okay, well, this is week six. Yeah, I know they're going to lose some games. I didn't expect them to win them all. Okay. What if they lose the Super Bowl that way? Instead of kicking a field goal, they'll go to overtime. They lose on a QB sneak. There's no guarantee they'd ever go back to the Super Bowl, ever. Are you going to trust the process then? That's my point. Obviously, there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of what-ifs and things that we don't know. I totally understand that. But I'm of the mindset of, like, let's keep going. Let's continue this. Let's give ourselves more time to fight. What happens if they go to overtime and and Trey White has a pick six for a touchdown? You lost a two-game lead on Tennessee and Kansas City by doing that. You know, football season isn't long enough for, oh, well, it's no big deal. Oh, there'll be more games. That's not how the NFL works. Every game is paramount. Every game is important. So that's where I stand on that. We're headed into the bye week this week. I'm sure we'll have something to talk about. Like I said, Dawson Knox had an injury. We'll see the trade deadline's coming up. Maybe they're going to try to trade for somebody to shore up the interior offensive line a little bit. I, I don't know what else they can do, really, because it's a problem, and it's, it's obvious it's a problem. It's, it's starting to affect Josh Allen's ability to, to want to stay in the pocket, and that's concerning. want to thank you guys for listening. Check out all the podcasts on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Check out the YouTube channel. Check out the Facebook group, the Instagram, the Twitter. Check out the fan shop. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, I encourage you to leave a rating and a review. And as always, Bills Mafia, find a way to embrace your growth mindset and trust the process.